Welcome to the Salty Investors, episode number 56. It is Thursday, November the 9th. What's going on, Tim? November the 9th. Yep, pretty hot up here, but yeah, it's pretty good. What about yourself? Yeah, it's getting warm. It's getting warm. It's warming up. You can feel it. It's coming. Summer's coming. Um, but let's get to talking about temperatures rising. A lot of temperatures rising. Uh, this is my salt for this week. Governor Bullock found her lady balls and raised the cash rate to a whopping 4.35%, remembering that inflation is year over year 5.4. So as she should have. Now, of course, the economic illiterates were out complaining about how this is going to hurt mortgage holders and renters and who knows how people on fixed incomes and all that's true. And one particular individual said uh, was complaining that he was spending 75% of his income on his mortgage before the rate rise, to which I have two things to say. Who, What idiot lent this guy the money in the first place? And um, why did he think that that would be a good idea to begin with? But not to worry because house prices are still going up thanks to the immigration Ponzi scheme. So it's all equity until nice. it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a, I was surprised by the, Rate rise. I was on the other camp, thinking mm. there's no way she's gonna hasn't done it now, hasn't done it for the last couple of months. So why change now? But clearly, mm. I was wrong. <laughs> well, I thought she should do it, but I didn't think she would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what choice does she have? I mean, um, I think what I think. You know, we look like a laggard compared to New Zealand. They just put the pedal to the metal. Uh, um, Got you know got the rate up to over five percent there, and uh, we've been pussyfooting around. So maybe we're gonna we're gonna pay for it as we'll see later on. Anyway, what's your salt for this week? Um, I just looked up the cost of the Olympics in twenty thirty two, and it's going to cost us seven point one billion dollars. Um, there's little <laughs> economic value in running in the Olympics, so I think maybe it's better spent on the housing crisis. There is current currently a shortfall of a hundred uh, ten thousand houses per year in Queensland. And the situation is only getting worse. A trailer park home costs 100000 So we could get 71,000 homes for the $7.1 billion. And that assumes that the government forks in a little bit of money for land as well. Um, so why would anybody invest in the Olympics? Why can't we invest in, you know, building these homes instead? Surely that's a better way of investing the money. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about creating more trailer parks. I don't know how that will go down. Um, that that they'll just turn into the, you know, new slums. Uh, and I, I do question the 7.1 billion figure. It's always bigger, as you know. Cost blowouts, <laughs> always bigger. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we know, Olympics are notoriously loss makers. Uh, I think the Sydney Olympics was. An exception, I think that that one broke even, maybe. And it was a good Olympics. Everything went well. The weather was brilliant, mm -hmm. fantastic stuff. But the Olympics at the end of the day for people that live, you know, I lived in the eastern suburbs of Sydney at that time. So it didn't affect me because everything was out in Homebush and everywhere else. So okay. traffic was no problems. I caught public transport to work anyway. But, uh, you know, these things are uh, just a nightmare for people who live in and around the Olympic sites. As And, you know, if they've got any sense, they will just, um, you know, they'll use the trans issue to collapse the men's and women's categories into one, and then we'll only be bothered for seven days instead of 14, and that'll help everybody get through it. But, yeah, it's going to be a boondoggle. The costs will blow out. We could have spent the money better elsewhere. Uh, yeah, but, you know, at least Palaszczuk will have a legacy. 
yeah, cut some ribbons on the day and everyone feels good. But yeah, women sleeping in cars, I don't think is too too nice either. But you know, so be it. I know I noticed your sexism there, Tim. You, you, it, so it's all right for men to sleep in cars, but not for the women. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's socially acceptable, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, what we should move on to the biggest event of the week. Talk about things going up. Inflation. Uh, the RBA raised rates, as we just said, by two point two five percent to four point three five percent. And I just want to point out, as this chart shows, we are still a full percentage point below the year-over-year inflation rate. Mm-hmm. So again, um, I don't know what that says, Tim. We might be. We might have just pussyfooted around too much, have we? Um, sat on our hands because inflation, as they say in the statement, she said, still too high and is proving more persistent than expected a few months ago. So, you know, as you know, further on in that paragraph, she goes to say, on to say that they won't get to the top of the target range, 3%, till the end of 2025. Now, they were wrong. Their forecasts were wrong a few months ago about where it would be now. So we can just... I think we can do away with the idea that they know where inflation is going to be in two years, let alone, you know, they, they don't know within three months. So take those with a big grain of salt. But yeah, I mean, higher for longer, which is what we've said. It's been right. Um, but the stock market just doesn't want to agree with us. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's just, if they are right, two years is a long time sitting in this limbo land. So, you know, either it's going to crash and they're going to have to, Take a couple of hundred basis points off the off the rate, or we're going to be yeah. stuck in this high for longer. Both mm-hmm. cases are bad. I don't see a good yeah. option there. So I don't know why equity market just shrugging this off. And I suppose yeah. they've got to wait for um the Christmas retail numbers to come through. And but they're not looking too good at the moment. Everyone's sort of no. a bit worried about that. So. Yeah, you can't. I mean, that's the thing that the retail stocks have, have rallied anywhere from ten to twenty percent in the last couple of weeks. You got to think. It, and I actually said to you last week, was this is this was this another false start? Because we've had about three now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with retail, and and you got to think. Well, I mean, if they've just raised interest rates again, uh, mm. that's not good for discretionary. So, um, surely, yeah, uh, it can't be good. And now they're talking. Oh, maybe she's got to go again yeah. um, next meeting or. Or, or later on uh yep yeah, and so the the market rate tracker is now saying there's a 10 percent decrease at the next meeting which i think is kind of bizarre given the commentary unless there's some giant collapse in but they're not going to move just on one surely surely the rba has now learned that you can't just wiggle this thing up and down on one meeting's uh numbers or one yes. month inflation numbers or something um, because it's been sawtoothing up and down. Uh, the bond market is sort of agreeing with the RBA saying, uh, or the, the futures market, I should say. Mm-hmm. So there you go, January 2025, they've got the cash rate. They've got um, uh, the implied same. cash rate at the same point as it yep. is today. So, mm-hmm. and you know, look, that's that doesn't even constitute one rate rise there. That's a half a rate rise there. So it's really just <laughs> imagine that. So we're saying what? Uh, what January twenty twenty five is about what fourteen months away? Mm-hmm. So fourteen months of four point three five percent. That's not what people were expecting. No. 
end of the year, end of this year, they were hoping for a rate cut at one point, you know. So, yeah, that's yeah. definitely. Well, I see. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Steve? Have you, do you follow Stephen Kukalis? Oh, I can't. I mean, that, that guy has just been completely wrong. I actually tweeted a here are the seven cycles of grief. You, you're in the denial stage. Yes. I actually tweeted that at him because he's, but he's, he's just, he's, he's been so completely wrong. It's embarrassing. Um, yeah. Oh, well, but yeah. Put away his crystal ball goes, for a bit, I suppose. And <laughs> yeah. focus on doing some real work. Well, it's, it's just that, you know, we, we, we know that forecasts aren't worth much in economics and we, we have a, we have a play around, we don't take it too seriously because we know they're not worth anything. The problem is that these guys actually are taken seriously. That's the problem. Uh, yeah. People, you know, look at, look at how upset people got when Phil Lowe said that we weren't going. They weren't going to raise rates for a couple of years. Um, I mean, he's got no idea. None of them no. have. Uh, anyway, just another data point came out yesterday. This was the Seek employment data. So you can see the red line job ads are coming down. Mm -hmm. Applications per job are going up. And so as, as that converges, that just is more pain for the job market. It's a tighter labor market in terms of <clears throat> being able to get a job. So um, that's not looking too good i said four percent by the end of the year there's another silly uh forecast uh, we might get there i think we're going to get there anyway it might not happen uh, yeah. by december anyway but that's the way it's headed yeah those applications are just out of control aren't they like it's not on the average there so yeah we've got a it's not looking yeah. good uh, no no uh and you know to the point that we said earlier the Something's got to give here. So that's the inverted um, on the right-hand axis, the S&P 500 PE ratio. Um, you know, it's contracted a bit. We're, we're back to an 18. Yep. Um, and you remarked before that, what if we took out all the big cap techs? Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe it'll come down. It's a bit like the Australian market if you take out Resource companies, that's yeah, right. yeah. you know, you get a different multiple. That's right. You take out, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, something's got to give there. I think there's got to be uh, either the bond market's got to come down or the stock market, uh, you know, the, the yields have got to come down. Yes. Or the multiple's got to compress a bit further. Um, and it doesn't look like, uh, I mean, historically speaking, uh, the, the stock market's usually the one that capitulates, but... We shall see. Hey, it's been, uh, I don't know, 15 years of playing that game. Why don't let it go on a few few more years? You yeah, know? yeah, let's another couple more. But I don't know. <laughs> we can't see yields, you know, going much higher than this, surely. But um, can't see earnings going <laughs> yeah, crazy higher as well, you know, and then multiple expanding from here. That'd be a bit of one yeah. for the ages. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yields see, don't really have to go. They don't really have to go any higher. I mean, I, they just stay where they are, and you'd think that PEs have to contract a little bit. Yeah. Just if yields hold up where they are, but we shall see. You, you can see there's some periods there. Hmm. Eighteen, it kind of got away from itself. Uh, got away. That correlation breaks down a bit. Uh, obviously, the pandemic's a sort of a anomaly. Yeah. Uh, but there are periods when it um, does get does get. Uh, the correlation breaks down. Interesting to see which way that falls. Now let's maybe. get to what's that? Well, maybe the treasury yield has been suppressed. 
you know, artificially suppressed for so long, but you know, these things a little bit out of whack, but yeah. Yeah. So let's get on to the stock of the week. Um, Ultrium. Yeah. It's one that you've mentioned to me before that you've, you know, looked at it a little bit and you got people who look into it. Um, it's a PCB um, software company. So if you're not sure what a PCB, it stands for printed circuit board. Um, these are the little green boards you normally see in electronics that hold the electronic yep. components. Um, basically it's essential to use software because you need it to be designed efficiently and without errors. So there's no way to avoid using software. Ultrium is the best in the world and just about everybody needs to use it. And as soon as you start using it, it's really hard to switch because, you know, all the, your designs are in that software. Yeah. Looking forward, I can see society's going to need more PCBs going forward. So I have a fair high confidence that Ultrium will be, you know, in the top two to three bits of software that are running that. Stock has done 1,300% since 2000 compared to 209% for the S&P 500. So it's definitely a winner. Uh, yeah. Let's look at the fundamentals. The shares outstanding are diluting, which is a bit of a concern. I don't know why they're doing that. They seem to have a heap of cash. Um, the number of employees are growing, but well under revenue, which is great. Price to free cash flow and PE are very expensive. Return on vested capital was low in 2020 and 21, but it's recovered back into the mid-20s again. So that's great. Um, bit of a concern that it did have a bit of a hiccup there. Margins are great. Um, growth is excellent and better than Microsoft. A small dividend, but a large payout ratio. The large payout ratio isn't really a concern as they don't really need a huge amount of capital to reinvest. But it'd be nice if they um, purchase some buybacks at some stage. Um, yep. Interest coverage is great, as you can imagine. Um, the flip over for cash flow and balance. And uh, balance sheet and cash flow, we can see that it's got a net debt of negative $285 million, which is tons of cash. Um, Free cash flow has been down this year, but over the last six years, it's been excellent. So you can't really fault it there. Yep. Clearly, this is a quality business, but richly valued. In 2016, you could have picked it up for a price to free cash flow of 23, but currently it's a price to free cash flow of 68. So you need a 66% price drop to get back to that price to free cash flow number. This is a this is 15 bucks when the current price is 42. Yep. If you think you can keep growing at 15%, maybe you could pay a little bit more <clears> and get a price to free cash flow of 30. Um, but that still requires the price to drop to $19 from 42 today. Yeah. It's less cyclical than semiconductors, but I still think it'll be hit in the next cycle. Um, but for me to realistically buy this, I need to be buying it on a, probably a price to free cash flow of 18, which seems near impossible. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, near impossible is the right word there. I think um, that implies what that it, that implies a seventy five percent drop in the price. Yeah, seventy five percent drop in the price. This is you know for a, yeah that that seems unlikely. But yeah, it's just the same old story with Australian quality stocks. Uh, Cochlear looked like this last week a bit, didn't it? Um, yep. Just yeah, great company. Bloody expensive though. There's so little quality in Australia that uh, they get bit up to silly prices just mm. on the so they've only got 16 mil of debt yeah. yet and so they've got 300 mil of cash what are they doing because they're they're already paying out 70 percent of the dividends oh. so what are they they're sitting on 300 mil of cash is there a special <laughs> dividend in the offing here or what well you 
surely they could do a few buybacks or stop diluting, you know, just yeah. keep it even, you know, like what are they doing diluting? You know, surely they should buy back a little bit of their stock and it's probably keep it's not it ESOP, is it? Just oh. handing out options to directors yeah. and things. Uh, yeah. But they should buy that back, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, how could you justify buying it back when you're buying it back at a price to free cash flow of 60 Yeah, or that's right. That's yeah. Yeah. lunacy. So what do you sort of do is your capital allocation thing. Surely you'd, maybe you've got to acquire something, but mm. what are you going to acquire? You're going to get out of your realm of competence here and you're going to get yeah. into stuff that you really shouldn't be getting into. Um, Cause I don't know any synergies that you'd get from acquiring anything. So um, and I don't think Autodesk is the sort of number two player in this field, um, which is a great company as well. I like that. That's on one yeah. that I want to pick up at some stage, hopefully um, it's much more reasonably priced. It's got a lot more users than this one, but um, these guys really focus well on this PCB type design type business. And they're definitely the world leaders. They've got the easiest software to use and they've been doing it for a long time now. So I don't, I don't even see someone as big as Autodesk, you know, eating their cake um, unless they stuff up something fairly major. So mm. yeah, it's just yeah. great business, but I just can't see how you'd buy this over Microsoft or Visa or MasterCard or even S&P Global. Like what, why are you, why would you buy this over? They've got, you know, just as good a growth, better quality, more consistent you, quality. You, what are you doing? Yeah, do they though? Is is Mastercard, is Mastercard growing their double digit EPS every year? Or, or I think they're a bit um, yeah. slower growers, aren't they? No, no, no. Over ten percent, not much, not much, but they're like they eleven are. or something. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like huge, but but yeah, but fifteen it's is very. Is a, is a large number. Like, yeah. like, I know they've done it for the last 10, but, you know, can you look forward 10 and go, hey, they can continue to do that? You know, that's... Yeah. When you, no, your TAM is uh... small, your total area, you know. So maybe they can, but, um, yeah, like you said, Cocular yeah. and all these other guys, everyone seems to think the TAM is, you know, crazy. So you can, you've got heaps of room to grow, but I just can't see it, you know, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's. I mean, even if it is there, I mean, 66, 67 times price to cash flow. It's never been more expensive on a price to cash flow multiple. Never. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah something's got to give. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, there's another one that I uh, can't buy because it's too expensive for me. But, um, you know, I'll probably be kicking myself in a couple of years. Yeah. Thank, anyway, thanks for that, Tim, and we will see you next time.